my comfy, cozy, witchy friends. Welcome to season three of the Comfy, Cozy, Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy, Cozy Witch. Thank you for being here with me today. And for those of you who have tuned into every episode and every season, thank you for sticking with me. Um, It was an enjoyable break, um, a much needed break these last eight weeks or so as I spent time with family, took my son to camp, (laughs) uh, did a couple of small trips here and there, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. I am so excited to start season three. I have a lot of great topics that I'm going to be covering and drum roll, I'm going to attempt to have my first guest this season and I need you to hold me to that. And there's, of course, Reese saying hello in the background. Um, Something else that you're going to notice this season, there might be a new voice in the podcast and that would be a new bark. Um, or maybe whining, we got another dog. So now we have three furry friends. Um, I don't want to say familiars because you know how I feel about that, but we do have three dogs in our house now. We have the little one. Of course, we have Reese that you hear all the time. And our new girl is River Star. Her name is River Star. My husband, son, and I all had a hand in the naming of her. And she is just so wonderful. And actually, she's very chill and calm. So you might not hear from her. So before I uh, go into the main topic today, which is witchy businesses, maybe starting a witchy business or what to look out for some red flags and witchy businesses out there because they are a dime a dozen witchy businesses are popping up left and right. So we're going to chat about that in the main segment today. But before that, I want to tell you what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. So I'm about to go into my intro comfy, cozy, witchy segment. But beforehand, I just want to say thank you to my Patreon subscribers and to those in the mugwort tier. Thank you so much for your support to Alex, to Alyssa, Anna, Anna R, to Carrie Ann, to Safira, to Dana, Doris, Elizabeth, to Emma, to Felice, Heather, Hope, Jenna, and Jessica. Thank you, Joanne, and Judy, and Katie, and Katya, Courtney, Kristen, Lichen, Lindsay, and Lydia. Thank you, Megan and Mirandia and Missy and Morgan and Rachel and Samantha and Sarah J and Sarah L and Sarah the Science Dork, Shana and Stella. Thank you, Stephanie and Stir Fry Me. Thank you, Victoria. And, you know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much to all of the subscribers. I really appreciate um, what you are giving to support me in the podcast and all my other platforms. It is so much appreciated. And feel free to check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash comfy cozy witch for some goodies and some more content for me. So what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy and witchy will be no surprise to many of you, especially if you're in the Facebook group, or you've been following me on Instagram. And that is the near release of my book, Hearth and Home Witchcraft, Rituals and Recipes to Nourish Home and Spirit. You guys, my book releases next Thursday, one week 
from yesterday when this comes out. So one week from tomorrow when I'm recording. But my book is finally coming out. And this has been a labor of love the last two years from putting the pitch together and the proposal together to meeting with my editor and going through the editing process and the proofreading and now the marketing to see it all come to fruition is really a dream come true. And many of you know, I I have written many books, um, many fiction books. This is my first piece of nonfiction. And truthfully, it's a little bit more meaningful to me because it's so personal in nature, because this is me at home. This is my practice. This is my craft. And it, and you know, there is that nagging voice in the back of my head that thinks, oh, this isn't going to resonate with everybody. What if I get one star reviews and two star reviews? And you know what? I can't think about those things. I need to think positively about it. Um, And I have to say, all of your support has been amazing. As of recording this, and this is Wednesday morning, it is a number one new release in the witchcraft pagan section on Amazon, at least. I haven't checked the other platforms yet, but it is sitting in the number one spot and we're a week from release. And I know that's because of so many of you, so many of you supporting me and being excited and enthusiastic about the book. So I'm just going to quickly read and tell you a little bit about it um, and just smile the whole time because I'm so excited. (laughs) So it starts, I'm just going to read from the back of it. It's easy. Even though it's my book, I should be able to just talk about it freely. I'll get to that as well. For author Jenny Blonde, witchcraft is in and of itself comforting. A perfect blend of storytelling, witchcraft, and warmth, hearth and home witchcraft will be accessible to any witch at any point in their journey. A book filled with information, rituals, spell work, and recipes to nourish yourself, nourish your home, and nourish your spirit. That just makes me so happy because that's exactly what I want out, out of this book. And I want readers to feel like they're sitting down with me on an episode of the podcast, or we're sitting down at my kitchen table over a cup of tea, just having a witchy chat about magical things. Jenny's witchcraft is about connecting with nature, your higher self and something beyond, and being comfortable with your true self in all aspects of your life. Hearth and Home Witchcraft explores the following topics, rituals for protection and cleansing the hearth and home, kitchen witchery, creating a kitchen altar, and recipes and rituals for nourishment, the witch's altar, tools and spells, and creating a sacred space no matter the size of your home, herbs and plants and grounding rituals and meditations to connect you with the earth, and witchy self-care complete with rituals and recipes for ritual basalt, oils, balms, and more. And it, oh, this book I just love it so much. If you could see me now, I'm holding it. I'm holding it to my chest. You can hear I'm rubbing it. It's like my little baby, my little book baby. It's so beautiful. The cover is beautiful. There are illustrations all throughout. I was not expecting there to be such quaint and charming illustrations, but they are all throughout this book. Um, At the beginning of each chapter, the headings have artwork, which goes along with the chapter. I'm looking right now at a cup of tea and there's a cauldron with all sorts of vegetables being thrown into the pot. And there is a recipe grimoire sitting down, um, sitting right next to it. 
there's herbs. I'm looking at an orange slice. I'm guessing that is going to be, oh yeah, that's in the, in the cleaning tips and tools. I haven't ordered there's put an orange slice in there because of one of the floor washes that I have for you. It just makes me so happy. I, happy. I'm just looking at blanket magic and um, a pet protection charm. You know, I wrote this almost a year and a half ago. And as I'm flipping through again, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot I put that recipe in there. Oh, I forgot I put that original in there. So there are all sorts of recipes throughout. Um, wow, more than I more than I even expected. Now that I look, there's cleansing rituals. Yes. So I am so happy with it. It is just making it, it's making this week just so amazing. And next week. Next Thursday is the official day of its release, and I have a couple of things lined up. I have a book signing at a nearby Barnes & Noble that I'll be posting about. I'm in contact with a local metaphysical shop about doing some sort of collaboration with them at some point, and I know there's some other people who have reached out to me about doing book signings or partnering in some way, so this book of my heart has just helped me make some more connections, which has been amazing. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful to all of you. I'm grateful to my editor. Um, so thank you. Thank you. I know I could just ramble on and on about this. I know many of you out there have already received your books for some reason. Um, for people who pre-ordered, I think it's through Amazon. As soon as the books get to the warehouse, they ship them out if you pre-ordered. So there were people getting their books Monday of this week, a week and a half before its official release. So people were really, some people were really lucky that they were able to have a sneak peek before everybody else. So my book finally being done, getting out in the world into the hands of practitioners or people just wanting to explore the innate magic of their hearth and home. That is what currently is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. I am so thrilled to have partnered with Blessed Bee Magic for this episode as a sponsor. Blessed Bee Magic creates minimalist talisman jewelry for witches. Uh, to remind you and to remind everybody of their innate magic, I actually have ordered four pieces from them and they are beautiful. I have my Hecate's wheel and I know a lot of you have commented on that necklace. I wore it in some of my Instagram stories and many of you asked. Yes, that is from Blessed Bee Magic. It is beautiful, high quality, gorgeous products and jewelry, again, to remind you of your magic. So this company has over 800 plus five-star reviews. They ship worldwide and their shipping is fast and free within the United States. And when I say fast, I ordered my jewelry and I had it two days later, which was pretty amazing. But the best thing is if you would like to order from Blessed Bee Magic, you can use the code COZYWITCH15 for 15% off all full price talisman jewelry. And that's at Blessed Bee Magic, magic with a K, dot com. They also have a free Witches Daily Planner you can download. And they also have a quiz that you can take to see what type of witch that you are. So feel free to check them out. It's Blessed Bee Magic with a K dot com and use cozy witch 15 for 15% off your order. 
Okay, so for today's main segment, I'm going to discuss something that a number of people have reached out to me about over, well, really since I started the podcast over the last three years, and since my Instagram um, (laughs) kind of blew up, uh, something people ask me over and over again is advice on, on starting a witchy business. And up until now, I have not given out advice And I will just say this right now, I am not a business expert. I am not a witchy business expert. Yes, I have my apothecary and I have some other witchy businesses. However, I am not an expert. There are people out there who are much more skilled than I am. However, in this episode, I'm going to give you some tips and possibly some steps that you can take if you seriously are thinking about opening some sort of business that caters to the magical community. So I think the first thing that potential witchy business owners need to do is think about why they want to open a shop. Why do you want to open a shop? Why do you want to offer a service? What is your motive? And it might seem like an odd question to start off with, but I think it's important to be honest with yourself about why you are starting a business. Are you starting a witchy business because you're excited about offering services to other people? Are you starting a business because you quit your job and you desperately need a source of income? Or and I hate to say this, but it's true, like some, are you starting or wanting to start a witchy business because you want to cash in on the current trend that is witchcraft and how witchcraft has exploded, especially in the social media scheme the last couple of years. You know, there are many people who are trying to cash in on that. And if that's you, you might want to second guess your motives or second guess why you're opening a witchy business. So I really think the first thing is to be honest with yourself, why? When I was starting to think about Fit Witch Challenge and I was starting to think about my apothecary, really it started with Fit Witch Challenge. I wanted to start it because I felt that there were short accessible guides lacking in the witchy world. We have plethora of books out there. Wonderful, wonderful books published by Llewellyn and Weiser and Moon Books that are very accessible, but pretty extensive um, that are just packed full of so much information that it can be difficult to get through all of it. So when I created my Fit Witch Challenges, I wanted quick, accessible, um, even printable guides ready for for magical people, for witches, for beginning practitioners, or for people who are more experienced and want to tap into the elements and using the elements in their practice. And that's why I came up with that. And then that has snowballed into, of course, doing bonus guides for the Sabbaths, quick 20-page accessible, you know, correspondences, informations, rituals about the Sabbaths, and then a couple other things, moon magic and working with goddess and so forth. So, you know, I my why was because I wanted to share accessible um, pieces on witchcraft with the witchy world. Obviously, 
they cost money. <laughs> um, I am running a witchy business. And as much as I would love to give out free content, which I do through the podcast and I do through my Instagram and other platforms, um, at the end of the day, too, that's a lot of energy going into creating these things. It's not just hours and hours writing and editing and creating and designing. That takes days. And so it's important, you know, that you ask yourself, you know, how much is my time worth as well? Because yes, at the end of the day, you're opening a witchy business, you do want to make a little bit of an income as well. Energy exchange. Something else, and the next thing that you can do is to do a little bit of witchcraft. (laughs) Practice your craft in trying to figure out what you want your business to look like. So do some witchcraft for inspiration. Do some spell work for inspiration, for guidance, for business. Call on deities who would help in that arena from whatever pantheon it is that you work with, if you do work with a pantheon, a specific pantheon. So think about that. Do a little bit of divination. Pull pull some cards. Pull, you know, draw some runes. Or maybe go to someone else for guidance, for divination guidance. So use your magic. Use your witchcraft and the tools that you have to help decide on what route you want to go with your business. When you are starting any business, not just a witchy business, it shouldn't be something that happens overnight. And although I know sometimes we can get really excited about new ideas and want to get it out into the world as soon as possible, it's really something that you want to let marinate for a little while, really think about it for a while. So make sure that you're taking that time. And if you lean into your witchcraft a little bit and practice a month every morning, you do some ritual work around starting a witchy business, giving you inspiration or giving you some guidance, then that gives the idea some more time to marinate. So you're not just jumping right into something blindly. Something else that you want to think of. So let's say you you have done some divination, you've done some witchcraft, you've done some magical workings, you know now that it's time, it's time to start that witchy business. Well, you have to figure out what you're going to offer. (laughs) So are you going to offer a service? Are you an energy healer that will offer some sort of Reiki service, perhaps, or energy working service? Or do you want to have a brick and mortar store where you are selling products and you work with wholesalers and carry a whole bunch of metaphysical witchy products that you're selling? Or are you doing an online venture where maybe you work with wholesalers, but maybe you also create your own magical products to sell? So you really need to think about what it is you're going to be selling and what you're going to be offering in your store. You can go on Instagram, you can go on Etsy, you can go on Google really and search witchy businesses and you're going to find hundreds of people who are offering card readings. You're going to find hundreds of of Etsy shops and witchy businesses. So go there for inspiration. See what other witchy creators are offering to the world to help guide you a little bit. So yeah, you do need to figure out, okay, do I want to 
just offer readings? Or do I want brick and mortar, like I said, wholesale? Or do I want to create my own goods to sell? And something that I need to bring up, and I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this. And this kind of goes back to the motive of starting a witchy store. And what I'm about to say might be controversial, and some people might not like to hear this. Um, But if you are very, very new, very, very new to the craft, and I know there's a lot of excitement and you are consuming so much information, you're taking that and you're like, okay, now I want to start a business two months after I started my journey into the craft, really think hard about that and, and doing that because there are as I said, there are so many witchy businesses out there and there are many people who are just cashing in on the trend. Um, and there are some very, very beginner witches who are cashing in on the trend and haven't been experienced and who are out there selling spells, who are selling charms, who are selling magical teas that they have blessed when they are just learning about the magic themselves. So if you are in the very, very early stages of your practice, maybe hold off a little bit before starting a business. And I hear myself saying that and I'm like, oh, but if that passion is there and that excitement is there, why not? I just want you to think, just think a little bit harder about it. Or maybe start off your business by offering something that you don't need your witchcraft to create. Maybe like the wholesale, doing a wholesale type of thing. Um, But if you are creating magical goods for other people, please make sure that you know what you're doing and you know the powers that you're working with when you are sending, creating, and then sending those items to other people. A comment I get over and over again um, from people who have purchased from my apothecary. And, you know, through my apothecary, I create, well, right, I have prayer beads and bath salts, um, ritual salts, and I always include rituals with things, ritual jars, clearing sprays. I create everything from home. Everything comes from my garden. Um, But something people will say to me over and over again when they get my packages is that they can feel the magic. They can feel the magic that has gone into those items. And that's so important as, as, you know, customers opening my packages. That's what I want. I want them to feel the love, the energy that I put into creating those items. And, you know, someone who maybe is not as experienced might not be able to put that same energy yet into what they're creating. So if you're just starting off in your practice and you want to start a business, maybe start with wholesale things. And then as your practice grows and you get more experienced and more confident, it's all about the confidence, confident in what you are creating and what you are putting into your products, then branch out and maybe start doing some of the more witchcraft in your crafting of items that you are creating for other people. I hope this is making sense. I know I'm like, I'm jumping all over the place and I have notes as usual. I have notes written out, bullet pointed, what order I'm going to to speak in. And then I just go off on my tangents, but that's how it is on my podcast. (laughs) You all 
know how it is. So all of those things that I've mentioned so far, think about why, think about your motive, think about how experienced you are as a practitioner, think about doing some witchcraft or divination to help guide you. You need to think about what you're going to sell, what, what type of product, what kind of store. Do you want to be in a brick and mortar building? Because then you have a lot of things to think about. Then you have to think about rent and financing and all of that. Or do you want an e-shop? So something else that is very important when creating a business is choosing a name, choosing a good name that is going to showcase you and showcase your offerings and encapsulate what it is that you are offering to people. So when I started the Comfy Cozy Apothecary, I had already had my Comfy Cozy Witch account for a while on Instagram. And so people were getting to know me as a hearth and home witch, as the Comfy Cozy Witch. And so I wanted a business name that is going to reflect that, but also show that I'm offering goods and services um, that will help your well-being, to nourish your home, to nourish your spirit. So I came up with Apothecary. So I have the Comfy Cozy Apothecary. I'm the Comfy Cozy Witch, Comfy Cozy Apothecary. It all goes together. And that was pretty easy for me. I will say I started um, the Fit Witch Challenge. And if I were to go back, I would not have named it that. And, you know, I could rebrand and I've thought about rebranding that business because when people see the word fit, their mind immediately goes to an aesthetic, a fit look, um, trim and fit and in shape. But that is not at all what the Fit Witch Challenges are about. The Fit Witch Challenges are being spiritually, elementally sound and balanced and fit. It's nothing about your body shape, your body type, your size, or how muscular you are. The Fit Witch Challenge is about being spiritually fit in your earth, air, water, fire, spirit. And each of those correspond to a different part of your life. And, you know, when people see that name, there are, and I have the comments to prove it on Facebook, <laughs> um, people have have said that my brand, like the Fit With Witch Challenge, can sound, um, oh, what are some of the words? I can't remember off the top of my head. But basically, they're saying not so nice things about it without actually knowing what my brand is and knowing what it is that I do and knowing that I have been practicing for years and years, um, they see fit and just think it's a fitness thing. And that I'm pushing some like fitness agenda when it's not that at all. So if I were to go back, which I probably could at some point and revamp everything, I would have to change, I would have to change that whole business model. So coming from experience, you know, hindsight is 2020. If I were starting over with that witchy business, with the Fit Witch Challenge, I would have brainstormed more names. I would have done something different with my branding and with the name. The name makes the business. And the first thing people see when they go to your website is that business 
name. And if they don't like the name, they're going to keep on scrolling. So I know that there are many, many people out there who would benefit and who would love the Fit Witch Challenge, but they see that word fit and they're like, oh, this is some fitness thing. And they scroll right past it without, you know, reading more. And I don't expect anyone to read more into it because they shouldn't have to. Your business name should reflect what that business is. And I did not do a very good job. And I can look back and reflect on that and be honest with myself and say, yeah, I did not make the best choice when it came to naming that business. And the business could probably be more successful and it could reach more people, which was my goal, if I had a better name. So choosing a name is so important. And I would brainstorm 10 or 12 names, do some divination, talk to your witchy friends, ask them for advice, throw some names out into the online community, do a poll. If you have a newsletter or if you can somehow do a poll, you know, through Instagram stories, you can do a poll and poll people and see what name they resonate with. That could help you. So you need a good name that showcases your offerings. And again, if I could go back, I would change. I would change. So I am speaking 100% from experience. Okay, so once you have a good name, once you have figured out why you're doing this, once you have figured out what it is you're going to offer, then you need to get into the legal nitty gritty stuff. Setting up a business plan plan, um, your tax ID, your tax stuff. Do you want to incorporate? Do you want to create an LLC? Uh, do you, you should open another a separate bank account so you could keep all of your business information and exchanges in one account, not in your general personal personal account. So there is so much that you need to do on the business front. I will say when you are doing an online shop, Etsy, for example, and that's what I'm on. I want to try Shopify eventually, but I'm on Etsy. They do a lot of that work for you. They help you with the tax stuff. They send you the forms. Um, However, once you start a business, though, they might send you that information, but it's up to you to then take that information to your accountant. Or if you do your taxes yourself, you have to have the know-how to apply that when tax time comes. So all of that legal nitty-gritty the business plan. What is your business going to look like? What are you selling? Um, It's easier to put that together when you've done those first steps, when you have a name, when you have decided on your products, when you've decided on a service, when you've decided brick and mortar or online. So you can put that business plan together. And then the tax stuff comes after that. Do you want to, again, incorporate? Do you want to make it an LLC? I do have an LLC. It just keeps everything easy for tax purposes. And then you might want to think about, do I get an accountant? Hiring an accountant can be expensive. Um, Or can you learn how to do all of that businessy tax stuff yourself? Or maybe you want to hire an attorney to help you do these. There's a lot of things, legalities, that go into starting a business. So again, it's not something that's just going to happen overnight. Oh, I'm just going to start a card reading service. Done. So you need to think about that. I know I talked about online versus brick and mortar. Something that I have been seeing a lot of is people 
solely selling items on Instagram or through TikTok. I know Instagram now has that business feature. I have heard some horror stories about that. Um, if your account gets shut down or somebody else is pretending to be you, which we, you know has happened to me. I did a whole episode about the impersonators on Instagram. I I shy away from that, especially when people only do money exchanges through Instagram. That gets that's a little bit iffy. So I would definitely consider taking your business farther than a social networking platform. You want to make sure that you have some sort of, whether that's Shopify or you go through Etsy, you know, you have to think about that. When it comes to the online stores, however, whatever platform you're using to sell, for example, Etsy, because I'm experienced with Etsy, they take a percentage of what you sell. And I know that has gone up. They're taking more of a percentage uh, as of a few months ago. So you need to be aware of that as well. Okay, something else that you'll want to do when starting your witchy business is is research your competition. Research your competition. Um, I use the word competition. I don't like to use that because (laughs) truly, I feel like the witchcraft community, the business, the, the creators, the witchy businesses are very supportive of one another overall. I know some examples of people who get petty when somebody else creates something like them. But honestly, there's only so much you can create as a witchy creator. And somebody else is going to sell the same things that you do, if, especially if you're, you're doing wholesale. Um, but if you're creating things from scratch, Two, people are selling things that are similar. There are other people out there selling pagan prayer beads that I create. None of them look exactly like mine, but there are others out there. There are tons of people out there selling ritual bath salts and bath oils and apothecary goods. So do your due diligence, research what else is out there, and think about how you can set your product, your products, your readings, whatever, apart from other people. And that takes some time. That might take more divination um, to get some direction. But research what else is out there and then how you can make it yours. So research that competition. Again, I hate that word competition, but you do need to know. You have to be aware of who else is out there. Something else. <laughs> there's, so, there's so many. This might, might have to be like two episodes. One episode for witchy, creating a witchy business and one episode for red flags. I may be able to get through it. I'll be fine. You need to think about design aspects. So you have your, let's say you have your business name and you're ready to set up a website or you're ready to set up your social media, well, you need a design. You need a logo. You need that business, um, plat- not platform, you need that business package that everybody sees and they recognize right away, oh, that's the Comfy Cozy Witch, or oh, that's so-and-so, whatever your, your company might be. So think about the design. If you are really good with graphic designing programs Canva, whatever, Adobe maybe, whatever else is out there, and you can create a professional looking business logo, awesome, go for it. There is a lot to be said for paying a professional though, if you have the funds to do that. Um, I had my comfy cozy, you know, which 
Instagram for a while and I had my logo that I made, which I still use for my apothecary. I love it because I made it. It was my first logo, my Comfy Cozy Apothecary logo. That is my Comfy Cozy Witch, the original logo that I had, and I loved it so much, but I wanted to differentiate them a little bit. So I hired somebody to create my Comfy Cozy, what you see when you, on all my platforms, what you see when you see the Comfy Cozy Witch now, I hired somebody to design that for me. Whenever I, whenever I was able to save up money, <laughs> to do that, of course. So you can start first by designing your own, or if you have the funds, you can hire somebody, but you want everything to be cohesive. You want your logo and your backgrounds to look very cohesive and professional. So you want to think about those design aspects. And once you have a logo, once you have that design, then you can add it to your social media, you can add it to your website, you can add it to a brick and mortar store if that's what you're doing, which that would be a dream of mine one day to have a brick and mortar witchy shop, but it would be a tea room slash coffee house slash used bookstore slash metaphysical shop. This is this is my dream, all of those things. Plus, I want to be writing books and being out in nature all the time. So I, I have a lot I want to do <laughs> with my life. Okay, so all of those things, design aspects, social media. And then if you are doing brick and mortar, you want to think reaching out to wholesalers. You want to research witchcraft wholesalers, uh, publishers, reputable companies that you can get good pr- quality products from. And that'll be up to you to research. In my shop's Everything that I create, everything that I sell, I create. So I don't go through wholesalers at all. I create everything in all of my shops. All of the Fit Witch guides I have written, I have designed, I have done everything myself. All of my Comfy Cozy Apothecary items, I have designed and created and made with my hands, completely by myself. So I don't wholesale things. So that's another thing you want to think about when you're opening a witchy business. How much do you, time do you have to create um, versus if you don't have a lot of time, maybe you do want to do more of a wholesale thing. But again, there are a ton of wholesaler, I'm sorry, a, whole, a ton of businesses out there that sell wholesaled products. So that's where research comes in. All right, I'm rambling. This is now 30 minutes just in this segment, but that's okay. I feel like I have touched upon everything that you need to be aware of when starting a business. If there's anything else you can think of, let me know. Um, shoot me an email, comfycozywitch at gmail.com, um, and I can add them. But those are the things. Uh, quickly, because this I don't think it'll take long to talk about witchy business red flags. Um, there are a couple red flags when you are in even brick and mortar shops or you are on online shops, one red flag, and this this comes back to like having integrity as a business owner. If you're in a shop and you see cards that are clearly, um, oh my gosh, why can't I think the word? Oracle or tarot cards that are not authentic. Why is the word eluding me? The word is escaping me right now. Counterfeit. Thank you. Counterfeit. I don't know who I'm thanking. I'm thanking myself because it popped in my head. Thank you. Um, But if you have, if you see counterfeit anything, 
And I've talked about them. I think I did not an episode on counterfeit, but I did discuss the red flags of counterfeit, at least in one of my reels or my stories. Um, If you see counterfeit decks and Oracle cards, and let's say you let the shop owner know, but they still continue to purchase them, that's a big red flag for me. It might not be for other people, but I'm all about supporting the creators and supporting the publishers of these decks, of these books, of these tarot cards. And so if you see anything counterfeit, that is a huge red flag. Um, Another, I don't want to say it's a red flag, but something that I do give pause about is when a business is run completely off of Instagram. And that's just me personally, and maybe because I'm a little bit old fashioned, and I'm not that great. I'm not too tech savvy. And Instagram can sometimes give me a headache because I get so frustrated with technology. But if a business is run solely off of Instagram, that makes me a little bit weary, um, especially with all of these scammers and impersonators that have been popping up lately. I'm just very cautious when it comes to businesses that are only done through Instagram and don't have any other platform. They don't have a shop. They don't have a website. It's all businesses done through Instagram and through like Venmoing or PayPaling. That is a red flag for me. If you cannot vet the person or the company that you're buying from, then I would, I would be, I would cautiously walk away. I would walk away. I wouldn't even be cautious. I think I would just walk away at that point. There are people who sell things on Instagram um, who are legitimate and you can find their website and you could message them and ask them for reviews and they would point you in the right direction. But if people are um, elusive and they won't give you the names of customers or they won't, they don't have any reviews, that's kind of a red flag for me as well. Another Another red flag, and this comes back to something that might be controversial because I know that there are many opinions on this topic because, well, you have to know the topic. (laughs) So someone who is very new to the community um, and has said very openly that they are a beginner witch and they're looking advice from other witches and then they turn around and open up some sort of shop, that is a red flag to me. I have seen that happen Oh my gosh, so much these last two years. In fact, I have had people message me, like actually I have them, they're they're in their own words saying to me, I'm a brand new witch or I'm a baby witch, you know the term I don't like, or I'm a new witch. Um, what, what herb would I use to do this? You know, some very basic things. I have had people message me very, very beginner questions and then turn around and open up a shop where they are selling magical goods to people. And that, I don't want to say infuriates me, but it does grind my gears a little bit. (laughs) It, because one minute they're here just starting out, just learning, just getting to know themselves in their spiritual journey. And then they're going out and selling items to me, it's exploiting the witchcraft community a little bit. And I am not here for that. I don't, I don't agree with that. Now, I, I don't want to tell anybody not to start a witchy business. But again, it comes back to one of the first things. Why do you want to do it? What's the motive? Is there integrity behind it? And you need to ask yourself those questions whenever you are purchasing from people as well. 
So I know that was kind not tea. There was no tea there, but that last little bit, I did kind of express what does upset me because it has happened. First thing, it has happened to me. People have messaged me telling me I'm brand new and then they turn around and open up a shop. shop. I've had people who have come to me for card readings who have said, this is the first time I've ever used tarot or the first time anybody has ever read tarot for me. And a month later, they have opened up their own card reading services. That doesn't, that rubs me wrong as well. And I'm sure many of you can agree with that. And I know many other practitioners see that and it upsets them as well. Because then how do you know who who is authentic and who has the best interest of customers in mind or who is doing it to exploit the craft and who is doing it just solely for monetary gain. Um, so those are all things that you need to think about. I hope this was helpful. And I hope this was an okay topic for kicking off season three. And now let's go into the card reading. All right, so I'm going to choose from a newer deck that I have here. And this is one that I have wanted for so long. My aunt, and I talk about her. I know you guys have heard me talk about my aunt before. My aunt, Aura Starshine on Instagram, she gifted me this deck this summer. And it is the Shakespeare Oracle. It's actually a tarot deck, um, but it's called the Shakespeare Oracle. And it's letting the bard predict your future. And you know how much I love my Shakespeare. So I'm going to pull from this deck today just to give a nice little message to close up this episode. So let's see what we have. All right. Here we go. So we have, let me flip this over, the Empress. And in this Shakespeare deck, it is Queen Elizabeth. So you have... Queen Elizabeth, of course, sitting on her throne. I love it. It is, it, it's the typical depiction of Queen, of Queen Elizabeth as the Empress. So let's see here. And of course, Empress, when we think about the Empress, represents the epitome of feminine power, initiative, the creative life force in both men and women. So here, drawing equally on mind and heart, you can make plans take action, initiate matters, and move things forward with directness and authority. Oh, wow, this is great. Again, it goes along with with the episode that I just recorded. (laughs) The topic, I should say. You can embody happiness and success by cultivating ideas and bringing projects to fruition. Oh my goodness, this is so perfect as things are coming. My projects are coming to fruition. My book coming out. I'm reopening my apothecary. This weekend, surprise, if you got this far in the episode, surprise, I'll be opening my apothecary with a whole bunch of Maybon Autumn Equinox goodies. Practical and discerning, serene and secure. She represents a woman who is an independent, who who is as independent as the resolutely single Queen Elizabeth I. The Empress represents a perfect marriage and no match was as successful is that between Elizabeth and England. I love this deck and I love how it draws in, you know, the historical context, it draws in Shakespeare and then ties it to the tarot as well. Here is my hand, my dear lover England, I am thine both with mind and with heart. 
goes a song written by William Birch. Uh-oh, I don't know. Reese, are you okay, honey? She's chewing on a toy. I don't know. One of those, what are they called? The backward sneezes, I think the dogs have. Anyway, the Empress is the matriarch, the maternal force that brings her offspring into the world and holds the family together, whose nurturance never falters and whose love never wanes. So I love this. Make your environment a supportive place, a nurturing garden where carefully tended ideas and dreams can grow. Indulge your appreciation for the finer things in life. Be worldly, accomplished, wise. Expect and win respect. Experience life deeply and fully. And I think this is just a great message. Experience life deeply and fully. What a great message to end episode one of season three. So thank you all for listening today. Uh, If you want to connect with me further, I'm on Instagram at Comfy Cozy Witch. You can also check out my Fit Witch Challenge. My book, Hearth and Home Witchcraft, comes out and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, wherever books are sold, you can find it. It should be in all brick and mortar Barnes and Noble. So if you want to go grab a copy copy off the shelf, it'll be in Barnes and Nobles next week. And if you do happen to see it out in the wild, please, please take a picture of my book and send it to me. I love, I love when I can see my work out in the world in bookstores because that just rarely happens. Authors don't often, you wouldn't realize it, but authors don't often get to see their works on bookshelves. They don't put a ton of books on bookshelves, (laughs) not as many as you think compared to the number that are being published. So if you see it out there in the wild, please let me know. You can connect on Patreon and get extra goodies at patreon.com slash comfycozywitch. And again, thank you so much to my sponsor, Blessed Be Magic. You can, you know, always visit them to get some really great quality jewelry and talisman pieces. So everyone, thank you so much. Thank you for being here for season three. Woohoo! And until next time, stay comfy, cozy, and witchy.